What's up, guys? Nick from P2W Fantasy here this Friday, uh, looking at some guys that can smash their current ADP. So ADP, what does that stand for? Average draft position, where these guys are currently going in drafts. We're looking at PPR, Fantasy Leagues. Um, this was all looked at from the Fantasy Pros website where they have lists of ADP. And I looked at each position and, and, and some guys I think will finish well above what they're currently being drafted at. So uh, what we're looking for here, for example, if a guy is being drafted as the running back or wide receiver 50, but I think that they can finish well above. So maybe wide receiver or running back 20 or 15, something along those lines. Those are the guys we are looking at here. So let's get started with that. First guy on the list. So we have Tua. All right. So back in the day, they used to say tank for Tua because he was such a good prospect. He had some injuries and kind of fell out of the big spotlight because of that and the emergence of Joe Burrow. But I think Tua is a guy that's being overlooked this year. Uh, the ADP for Tua is QB 22. So QB 22 for this season coming up. Um, if you look at his, his camp videos coming out, he looks pretty mobile. Looks like he's moving and getting after and working well. Uh, they improved his arsenal this offseason. So this is a guy that uh, had Jakeem Grant as his wide receiver two for a good chunk of the season this past season. Uh, Devontae Parker and Mike Isecki had some banged up games, not 100% healthy. They add Will Fuller and Jalen Waddell that can completely open up the field and be deep threats and, and be options to uh, get tons of yards with the ball in their hands. So both of those guys can be big playmakers for Tua. Uh, you still have Devontae Parker. Preston Williams was a guy that got hurt again, but has done well for fantasy in the past when he was healthy. Uh, so add those four guys with two being explosive playmakers. And I, and I think that's a lot of value for a quarterback that is looking to improve year two. You also have Miles Gaskin, who is a good dump off uh, short yardage guy that Tua can be looking for actively. Lynn Bowden is another guy that not enough people talk about, but is a running back wide receiver combo player that can line up in different areas and be a true option. So we saw last year a more conservative approach for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, due to the defense being so good and due to wanting to be conservative with their young rookie quarterback. I think things can change, though, this year if the Miami Dolphins truly want to compete. Uh, you look at some good flashes of Tua last year. Arizona Week 9, he went 20 for 28, so that was a 71.4 completion percentage rate. He threw for 248 yards and two total touchdowns. Uh, against Kansas City, he threw for 316 total yards, so he was airing it out that day. Three total touchdowns in that game. He was QB 15 for seven full games for fantasy points via the ESPN app. So a guy that was healthy in seven full games or at least starting in those seven full games um, going as the QB 15 for points, being drafted as the QB 22 and adding all of these weapons, I think that Tua can actually have a breakout year and, and smash that QB 22 uh, rate that he's going at right now. Sam Darnold's a guy I talk about often. Uh, I think he's a bit disrespected, and, and I get it because he's played no more than 13 games over his, uh, his career so far, but he's also had so much stacked against him. All right, so you look at what was bad. He had a poor O-line with the Jets in the past, 
poor coaching, which we know, uh, the receiving core, nothing special at all about who you had to work with. Um, and the game scripts, the game scripts, always chasing games with the Jets. So I think all of those things were always stacked against this guy. Could he have played better in some games? Sure, sure. But at the same time, when so much is in not in your favor, I think this is a good year to prove it. We saw, and I'm not comparing these two quarterbacks, but we saw Ryan Tannehill have a career revival and a good career change from a change of scenery with the Dolphins versus the Tennessee Titans. It's two different quarterbacks, it seems like, for Ryan Tannehill. Could this be the same for Sam Darnold, who is going as the QB 31? So 32 starting QBs in the league. They're saying Sam Darnold is at bottom two, and I completely disagree. And you look at the opportunity at hand, I think that Sam Darnold can have a, a true bounce-back year here. Um, Teddy Bridgewater this past season with the Carolina Panthers was the QB 18. I think Sam Darnold on this this team that actually added more to the team uh, with, with Christian McCaffrey being healthy and also Terrace Marshall, I think he has an opportunity to, to display his plus arm, his plus IQ, um, it's a better situation for him. And I think mentally knowing he's in a better situation is going to be huge. So we know Christian McCaffrey is one of the most elite pass catching running backs, if not the best pass catching running back in the league. So having that easy option to CMC wherever he is on the field, I think is going to be key and make Sam Darnold comfortable at times. Now you have DJ Moore, who I'm still a big fan of, who I think is an elite pass catcher and playmaker, can expand the field. I think him and Sam Darnold will do good things this year. Robbie Anderson is a guy that played with Sam Darnold in the past, never was like the alpha target for Darnold, but I think having that familiar, uh, familiarity, big word, um, with, with Robbie Anderson is going to help as well. And then Terrace Marshall is a guy stepping into that Curtis Samuel wide receiver three uh, role for the Carolina Panthers. So add these three wide receivers that I think can can play make and um, support a quarterback. And then you add Christian McCaffrey as well. And then a total new uh, scene for Sam Darnold. And I think that he's being a bit disrespected for what he can do. And I wouldn't be surprised if he sneaks into that, like QB 18 to 20 territory when he's being drafted right now as a QB 31. So one of the worst starting quarterbacks, according to ADP. Go to the running back position. Michael Carter is very, very interesting this year. I think that in a few weeks, as we hear more from camp, his ADP is going to change because we love we love the rookie players just in general. But when we hear maybe some rumblings about a guy that is winning a job or is looking really good in camp, I think Michael Carter is going to take a step forward. So not super fast and he's small, but he is quick and he is explosive, uh, both as a rusher and a pass catcher. He's he's pretty good at both when given some opportunities. So uh, he had eight yards per carry in 2020. So that's very good when he was getting the ball. Uh, he also had 10 plus rushing yards on 23% of his carry. So again, pretty explosive out of the backfield. He was uh, complimenting Javante Williams, who is now a Denver Bronco. Not sure how you know it's going to look day one for the Jets, but I think if he's complimenting somebody or he wins the job, I think volume for this guy is going to look good. And I think with the explosiveness, both as a rusher and a pass catcher, we can see this guy being drafted as the RB30 be a good value uh, as your RB3 or a flex for fantasy. Um, 2018, 19, 20, 25, 21, and 25 receptions. He had 10.7 uh, yards per reception in 2020. So again, playmaker with the ball in his hands. 
he gets these balls thrown to him and, and he's explosive and, and, and find ways to get up the field. So 10.7 yards per reception is solid. Uh, 1,512 total yards per scrimmage on 181 total touches. So he was pretty efficient. He wasn't getting the massive, massive load uh, of work because of uh, other people in this system, but you saw the efficiency in college. Um, so my big thing with Michael Carter is if we have volume and involvement early on and through this entire season, he's going to have redraft value. You look for volume for the running back position. You look for guys that are getting touches both as rushers and as pass catchers. And I think he's going to do both. Uh, if you didn't fear Tevin Coleman and Ty Johnson in the past for fantasy, as far as taking away touches from somebody, not entirely sure why we would for Michael Carter. So he's definitely a guy that I think is going to increase in his ADP as we get closer and closer to the season and hear more camp talk. So it wouldn't be a podcast if I didn't talk about DeAndre Swift. I go on rants about this guy all the time. He's being drafted as the RB15, which you might say, hey, well, that's kind of fair. Um, RB15 is not a bad position to be, but the guy was RB18 the year before. So he's going to become the lead back now. He's not going to have Adrian Peterson anymore. And we're thinking that he's only going to get three spots better. I, I think he's going to be a lot more spots better. I think DeAndre Swift... Hot take, bold take has like top five, top seven upside for fantasy as the running back position because of several things that I will talk about here. So RB 16 in points per game, uh, eight touchdowns on under 120 attempts. So he was very good at finding the the end zone despite not having the bulk of carries in the system. Um Scored on 42.1% of his red zone attempts. So very good in the red zone. They were giving him the ball at times there. And when they did, he was finding the end zone. So 42.1% of the time, that's that's huge. That's high for a guy getting touches in the, the red zone. As a pass catcher, 80% catch rate. He had 8.1 yards per reception, which was top 10. Uh, you got Anthony Lynn in the system as the offensive coordinator now. Anthony Lynn, who was he with the previous year or two or three or whatever the case was? Austin Eckler. So could DeAndre Swift be Anthony Lynn's new Austin Eckler? I think so. And we know how important it is for uh, pass catching running backs. All right. How, how important they are for fantasy and how high of an upside they can bring. So um, if you look at some of the reasons why I think DeAndre Swift can be so good in fantasy and finish a lot higher than RB 15, again, maybe hot, maybe hot, but this is my guy. There's no alpha wide receiver opens up the lane to give more pass catching opportunities for the running back. I think that their O-line, if you look at what they've done before uh, this past season, they were graded very well. Uh, they also added Sewell, um, who was the best offensive lineman in this draft class. So their O-line is going to be solid, opens up good lanes for a good running back. Um, I'm not worried about Jamal Williams. Again, if you weren't worried about Jamal Williams with Aaron Jones, then why be worried about him now with DeAndre Swift? It doesn't make a ton of sense to me. He's a guy that comes in, does good things with some carries, but doesn't get amazing amounts of work. So I, I get confused with that all the time. Um, he's a dual back DeAndre Swift. He was RB1 above Jonathan Taylor before the draft. I think he is, is an elite running back because he does it all. I think he rushes the ball well. I think he can score well. I think that there is a clear opportunity for this guy to have 70 receptions this year. 70. Book it. Uh, so DeAndre Swift is a guy, again, I'm I'm all in on this year. And I think RB15 is is not, not, not high enough for me. 
So David Johnson, a lot of people might say like, oh, this sounds super gross. But David Johnson, I think even with the added Mark Ingram and Philip Lindsay and maybe Rex Burkhead if he makes the team, still can be fantasy relevant this year. So David Johnson, RB31 this past season. I'm sorry, RB21 this past season being drafted as the RB31. So he's being drafted 10 spots further away than than he actually finished. So he actually missed four full games, but still was a top 21 running back this this past season. Um, Top 10 uh, fantasy running back in 33% of his games. So 33% of his games, this guy was top 10. Uh, He had 81% of Houston snaps this past season when he was healthy. So Again, you add some more guys to the system. 81 is very, very high. Uh, If that takes a dip to 70, still good for a running back. 4.7 yards per carry was efficient as a a rusher. 6.8 yards per target was the fifth best for a pass catcher running back. So fifth best for running backs, that yards per target. Weeks one through seven before the bye, David Johnson was actually the RB16. Weeks 15, 16, and 17, so he ended on a hot note through those. He was the RB4. 11 receptions, week 15. We've seen him be a pass catcher throughout his career. He can do that again for the Houston Texans, which are probably going to rely on the running game and using the running backs a ton this year. Four games of 19-plus fantasy points. David Johnson, I know, again, not the sexiest of options, and, and people talk about how crowded this running back room is, but this is a guy being drafted as the RB 31 right now who we've seen do good things is recent this past season. And again, finishing on a hot note, RB four, the last three weeks of football. I think David Johnson is a guy that can give you good value for the low this year. So if you said to me, David Johnson ends up finishing as even the RB 25, that's above the ADP. And I think that's a guy that you can uh, sub in for a flex play or for an injury or for a bye week for your running back. So again, David Johnson for redraft purposes, I think can have some value. We're, we're, we're talking strictly redraft here, not dynasty. Let's get into some wide receivers now. So Kenny Galladay, wide receiver 21 in 2018. Then he improved the following year, wide receiver nine in 2019. 2020 was super frustrating because of all the injuries and the turmoil out in Detroit, but he's now stepping into a system where he is the immediate Alpha. He had choices and he ended up wanting to go to the Giants. So that says a lot right there. Um, He's going to be very busy near the goal line. The guy's 6'4", big dude. I think he's going to be a red zone threat for the Giants. Um, I think the volume will be solid as well. Again, stepping in as the alpha. I still think uh, Sterling Shepard's going to be decent in in this team or on this team because he's been a, a target guy throughout his career. But Kenny Galladay is that dude for the Giants. So, um, for a guy that uh, is coming onto a new team, he was top 10 in 2019. He's going to see tons of volume. He's going to see tons of look in the red zone. The wide receiver, 24 ADP, I think he can smash. So let's say he gets good volume. He has a couple big yardage games, and then he has a couple games where he's scoring like one or two touchdowns. I think Kenny Galladay can can be well above that wide receiver, 24. He has that opportunity in uh, in, in 2021 here. Rookie fever is going to start now. I'm going to have a couple rookies on this, and it just is what it is because if we look at last season, plenty of rookies that were not projected to do as good as they did, did. I mean, you look at the the Chase Claypools and the 
T. Higgins of the world. We didn't have their ADP super high last season, but they finished inside inside the top 30. Devonta Smith is going as the wide receiver 33 right now, and this is a guy that can break out year one. So looking at his senior season, 117 receptions on 1,856 receiving yards, 23 touchdowns. What does that say? He can handle volume. He can create some yards and make some big plays, and he can score. So you love to see that in a wide receiver. He is an alpha despite all the BMI concerns that you guys see all the time. Uh, this guy won the Heisman as a wide receiver. I mean, that says enough right there. That does not happen often to, uh, you know, for an award that typically goes to a quarterback. I mean, that was awesome to see. Uh, versatile wide receiver. The um, he has quickness. Uh, the separation is great. The route running solid. His hands are awesome. Uh, he had six drops on 298 targets, according to ESPN. That is wild. That is wild. So basically throwing him the ball, he's not dropping it unless it's a bad pass uh, beyond him. This guy's catching everything. Uh, he's you know he's an immediate alpha for the the Philadelphia Eagles. They have uh, Jalen Rieger on the team, who I don't see as an alpha wide receiver. I, I see him as a deep threat guy, um, and they have a bunch of other guys on the team. Uh, Jags, just a guy, guys. Um, I think Hurts' mobility, Jalen Hurts' mobility, creates things for other people on the field. So you you, you start adding things together. Devonta Smith, very good at getting open. Now, when the defense is focused on a quarterback on the move who might take off for 10 yards, it might mean even more field space and more openness for a guy like Devonta Smith. So don't be surprised if this guy year one is the rookie wide receiver one, the best rookie wide receiver fantasy asset. We all love Jamar Chase, right? He himself is an alpha, but at the same time, this is a guy who's stepping in. He's going to be on a, a team that could be explosive through this, this this quarterback that went off at the end of last season who is his former college teammate. And I think Devonta Smith, wide receiver 33, could finish as high as like wide receiver 20 this year, wide receiver 21, 22, which is well above the ADP. So this is a guy I'm, I'm looking to get in redrafts. LaVisca Chenault. Wide receiver 43 for ADP. So we know that Urban Meyer loves himself a, a gadget playmaker, sort of diverse wide receiver. We've seen that throughout his entire career, regardless of what team he was coaching. Uh, Visca, post-catch ability um, on the shorter routes. You know, the A dot, the average depth of target was not great, but with the ball in his hands, he can make plays. Uh, we saw an increase in his role. The last four weeks of football, he had 11, six, seven, and nine targets. So good targets the last four weeks of football. That's a good sign going into a new year. Wide receiver 16 from weeks 13 through 17. So he's being drafted as a wide receiver 43. We've seen him for a handful of weeks be top 16 guy. It just doesn't add up. And, and this team is going to throw the ball a lot. They're going to have a young rookie quarterback that was the best quarterback in this past draft class throwing the ball. And the opportunity for anybody to be the wide receiver one on this team is there. Could Visca be that guy? Could be the case. And if he is that guy, wide receiver 43 is an absolute steal for fantasy. He had five games this past season and 14 plus points. That means he could, could have been a flex on plenty of weeks. His breakout potential with Lawrence is there. So Visca. wide receiver 43. Could he be the wide receiver 25? There is a world where that could be true. 
So Russell Gage, another guy disrespected all the time. So I don't understand why he was the wide receiver 37. And now with no Julio Jones, he's being projected or drafted as the wide receiver 57. So this past season, he was 37. And now in some sort of realm, he drops off 20 spots for what we see his wide receiver capability to be. I put together some data that I pulled for 2019 and 2020 combined. There was 11 guys who have had 30 or more red zone targets across those two seasons. He was one of those 11 guys in the entire football league. So this guy gets looks in the red zone from Matt Ryan often. That itself should ignite the red lights in your head that, hey, this guy could be a red zone threat. This guy's on a high passing volume offense with Matt Ryan. This guy is on a team that Julio Jones just left. I know he wasn't super healthy last year, but still, he was 22nd in targets this past season. The question marks are his big playability plus efficiency, but I think this guy is locked in for at least 100 targets this year. 100 targets. That in, it, in itself is way better than wide receiver 57, especially on a pass uh, passing offense. All right, so the you look at last season, what did this guy do? Here's some of his fantasy weeks. 20 20.4, 16.6, 18.76, 17.8, 25.2. So that's five games of solid, solid fantasy production. Can he do this in 2021? Absolutely. Why could he not? He has all of the opportunity in the world to do the same sort of things. Kyle Pitts is going to come in and be the wide receiver too, even though he's a tight end. But Russell Gage, I think, is a guy that we've seen have these big games, and we continue to just fade him off into the darkness. When I think wide receiver 57, could he beat it by 20? Could he be the wide receiver 37? Absolutely. Again like he was this past season. So that in itself, again, draft ADP steal. I've talked about this guy enough, and I'll just continue. He'll be like one of my guys this whole offseason, just like DeAndre Swift. But Elijah Moore is going to be a dog in this league. He's going to be a dog in this league. He is being drafted as the wide receiver 58 for a guy that has every bit of potential to be a team's number one target. I know that Corey Davis and Jamison Crowder and Keelan Cole and Denzel Mims are there, but I think there's a true chance just seeing some of the camp clips of him and Zach Wilson and the things that they say about each other that this guy might be the target for the Jets. Kind of bold, but I'm rolling with it, especially if you can grab him as the wide receiver 58. It's a major steal. They, they took this guy in the second round, pick 34. He was the sixth wide receiver off the board in this past rookie draft class. You look at him and everybody profiles him as a slot guy. You know, his separation is great. The route running is great. But if you look at some of his clips, I mean, you can go to YouTube and look at some highlights. This guy expands the field. He goes vertical plenty of times. All right. He competes for catches. He lines up in different areas of the field. He's got the big play ability. He's got the ball in his hands ability. He's a playmaker. He was the second highest graded wide receiver in this draft, according to PFF. So this guy's profile coming into the league, I think he's very NFL ready. I think he brings... Um, a skill set that is not just a slack guy. I think he's very diverse, and I think he's going to ball out. I always joke around and say this guy had A.J. Brown crying uh, after he was drafted. Um, I have high hopes for Elijah Moore, and I think he's going to step in a volume right away, and I think he's going to be in a very, very important piece of this Jets offense. So is the Jets offense super, super sexy and, and you know on fire? Maybe not, but again, anytime you can get a guy late, in a draft that has the opportunity for clear volume, 
that's a good steal. And that's the way you should be looking sometimes to play fantasy. That's at least what I look for at times. I look for, hey, can, can, can I grab this guy late and could he play a ton of snaps and get a ton of work? If so, I'll grab him early. So Elijah Moore is a guy I will reach on in any draft, especially with that wide receiver 58 tag. And then right after him for ADP, Rashad Bateman, Rashad Bateman. So we'll, we'll talk about him. Rashad Bateman uh, was some people's wide receiver two. I saw some people being bold and saying, saying he was the wide receiver one for them uh, pre-NFL draft. But he was somewhere in that top three for most people, I would say. Um, physical receiver uh, with solid speed and route running. So those are qualities that you can bring to the NFL and do things for right away. Um, he had 43% of the air yards for Minnesota. He had a 32% target share the last three years of, of college. So this guy can handle big plays. He can handle volume. Um, I think he's a good complement to Hollywood Brown. So Hollywood Brown, his profile and what his physical qualities look like is different than Rashad Bateman. And I think that was smart of the Ravens to bring in a guy that was different. So if we look at this, this Ravens team, we always, uh, not we, but a lot of people like to say like, oh, well, Lamar Jackson, you know, he, he's not going to throw the ball a ton. It's a run first offense. Well, can Rashad Bateman be the alpha on this team? Could he be the number one target for the wide receiver core between him, Hollywood, and Sammy Watkins? I think the answer is yes. Uh, they brought in Wallace as well, but I think the answer is yes. So let's say it's a high paced offense that is in good field positions often. Rashad Bateman is involved a ton every single game, regardless of if it's, you know, in the red zone or on some quicker slant plays, or if he's going deep, whatever the case is, I think Rashad Bateman's skill set is pretty NFL ready. And I think that we look too deep into offensive schemes sometimes instead of looking at opportunity. So opportunity plus volume, I think is huge for the wide receiver position. And if this guy is going as the wide receiver 59 in fantasy right now, I would debate all day that he's going to smash that for uh, what his actual production will be as long as he stays healthy. So I'm not going to get super, super deep into um, Amari Rogers and Nico Collins uh, because I actually have another YouTube video that you can check out on my YouTube page about both. But uh, going as the 82nd and 83rd wide receiver, both of these guys have the opportunity to be the wide receiver two on both of their teams. So Amari Rogers uh, with the Green Bay Packers, Nico Collins with the Houston Texans, both rookies, and again, going neck and neck. So if you are late in your fantasy drafts, I consider both of these guys. They're both very different guys. Amari Rogers, smaller, like running back build, who um, his offense uh, typically is schemed up ways to get him the ball and make some plays. Nico Collins, big dude, big wide receiver, could be a red zone threat, could be a big play, go up and get it in the air sort of threat. But again, Amari Rodgers could be on the opposite end or somewhere in the slot with Devontae Adams on the field. And I think Nico Collins will be wide with Brandon Cook. So both guys, good opportunities for uh, volume year one, involvement year one. And I know the quarterback situation on this team is kind of murky, but at the same time, if the opportunity is there, and they're going as the 82 and 83rd wide receiver, steal to me. So I'll be a homer for the tight end, first tight end here. Cole Komet, 
going as the tight end 23. So I know that Jimmy Graham is still on the team. People will say that's annoying, and I agree. It it, it is annoying. Um, but at the same time, Cole Komet, rookie season, he won the job later on um, towards the end of the year. Uh, the, the snap percentage told that. The target share told that. The last five games with the Bears, four of them had good target share. So four of those games included seven, seven, six, and eight targets. That, that's good. That's good for a rookie tight end because, again, we always say rookie tight ends don't do much. It takes them two, three years, whatever everybody you know uh, echoes all the time. But Cole Komet, he, he won the job. He was on the field for a ton of snaps at the end of the year. Um, he was getting targets. Um, what was iffy for him was 23% of balls thrown his way were off target. So I think the quarterback play is going to be better. Hopefully it's Justin Fields after two, three weeks if Andy Dalton does win the job, but um, Cole Komet has a good opportunity at hand. Uh, Allen Robinson is the clear number one target. Darnell Mooney, a lot of people like, but there's still that big opportunity to be like the second most important uh, pass catcher in this offense, despite the love for Mooney at times. And I think the fact that he was getting a healthy target share and getting tons of snaps and has a better quarterback situation to me means that that tight end 23 stamp on him right now, he can beat, he can beat. What needs to be better is the 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 yardage, all right, so the receiving yards, plus the, the goal line work. So if Jimmy Graham is indeed still going to be on this team, hopefully he's not sealing too, too much work in the goal, goal line in the red zone area. But if those two things improve, I think Cole Komet with a healthy target share can be a good fantasy option. Last guy is a big dart throw. I'm going to throw one dart throw on this whole thing that I'm like kind of iffy on, but could could be of some value like as a super deep league guy. But Mo Alley-Cox on the Indianapolis Colts is going as the tight end 34, so super late for the tight end position. And again, this is a uh, complete dart throw, to be honest. But at the same time, I, I can see the opportunity kind of presenting itself there. So he was on, on the field for 45% of snaps. That was the highest he's ever been on the field for his career. Uh, you look at this guy. Um, he's a massive, massive athlete. He's 6'6", 260. To paint the picture, Draymond Green, an NBA power forward, is 6'6", 230. Same height, 30 pounds less than, than Mo Ali Cox, who's just a monster of a human. Uh, Kevin Doyle is like, man, he's, uh, he's just like a dude. He's out there. Kyle Granson, the rookie, is interesting, but I think that will be over time. So if we're strictly looking at redraft, can Mo Ali Cox connect with Carson Wentz? They don't have these true, true, you know, clear-cut wide receivers this year. And we know that Carson Wentz in the past has connected well with Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. So can Mo Alley-Cox display what he displayed in the two good weeks he had this, this past season? Week two, five for six. So five catches on six targets for 111 yards, 16.1 fantasy points. The next week, week three, he went three catches for 50 yards and 14 fantasy points. He finally found some more targets in week 13 when he had uh, five targets in that game. But I think, again, tight end position, I, I look for opportunity, involvement, and potential target share. Mo Ali Cox maybe doesn't hit all of those, but I think Mo Ali Cox is a guy that's a big dude, could be a threat in the red zone, could be a threat for an occasional big play. So that's a dart throw in a deeper league. But again, tight end 34, could he beat that if he is the guy for the Indianapolis Colts? Absolutely. So sometimes you just have to take uh, some, some dart throws for the tight end position if you do not invest early, or if you do invest early and you need that like late, late round guy to add to your team, he could be the case. So if you manage to get through this entire thing, 
mad love, mad respect. Uh, appreciate that. Again, this is a list of guys that I think can uh, beat their average draft position, ADP. And I think that uh, they can be valuable for fantasy this season uh, more than what they're actually being drafted as. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in, as always, and uh, enjoy your weekend.